Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. It's another week. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I almost said, or is it? Because if you're watching on YouTube, we are in the same clothes as we were in last week. True. And that is, is that is only because we got super wordy. <laughs> so, we did. We did. We got a little chatty. <laughs> yeah. One episode has turned into two episodes. So welcome. Again, this we are going to talk this week about getting the most out of a conference, a webinar, or seminar or workshop. And last week, we talked about what to do before your learning event. This week, we're going to talk about what to do during and after your learning event with a really cool QWERTY challenge at the end of that. But first... I tricked you because it's still the week before. <laughs> we don't have a creative week. So. No, our creative week is the fact that we figured out and that, you know, instead of giving you a one hour long thing, we were going to split this into two. You're welcome. <laughs> that was creative for you. That's to benefit you guys. <laughs> Who wants to listen to us talk for an hour? We're not really sure. Um, but... <laughs> We just figured that we were more palatable if we were not speaking to you for an hour in a podcast episode. So that's why you get two episodes for the price of one. (laughs) So so if you didn't catch last week's episode, we set up the foundation of why we are even doing this. We've wanted to get more information and more actual product out of our learning experiences and We also set up what you should do before you enter into a learning experience. And this week, we're going to talk about what to do during it and what to do after it. So yeah, go ahead and grab your coffee or your tea. We're about to get started. So now that we're during, okay, so we're in the midst of of whatever this is that you're, if you're in person or online, um, there are four main things, and that is to take notes as you go. Um, to update those questions like we just talked about, to mark out some action steps, okay? So as you go, there might be things like maybe the presenter gives you exercises to do or um, something that you think, oh, they just said this about point of view, just for an example from a writing standpoint. I want to research more about that because that's a new thing that I don't know a lot about. Maybe it's something like Mm -hmm. that. So mark out your action steps. And then the fourth thing is to make sure you take frequent breaks. Now, if you're in person, most conferences kind of have some break times in there. But if you're doing this at home and you've got eight hours worth of videos to get through, you might be tempted to just slog your way through all of them and not take a break. That's not a good idea. (laughs) We, We encourage you to get up on occasion. 
do some jumping jacks, <laughs> as Maggie Drink would say. Drink some water. Drink yeah. some water. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. And we're not saying that you should do this because you need exercise and you've eaten too many donuts during the <laughs> seminar, anything like that. It's actually, we can see a connection between physical movement and your, your retention of the information and also your focus um, while you are going through the seminar. So um, it's really for your brain. And then we have another thing about during breaks or immediately after or as soon after as possible, like you mentioned earlier. So here's what we kind of do. We want to, first of all, identify. And there are three primary things that we identify as we go. Um, and this is, for me, like I was trying to do it right after each of the videos. I would try to kind of go back to that video's notes and do this right, right away. Um, I think that you can definitely do this in chunks. Like if you go through several videos that, that go together or, um, you know, like you said, like if you're at the in-person thing and you go to a restaurant after and you kind of look back at those notes, you want to identify any new information. Okay. Was there anything that was said that was, this is brand new. Like, you know, I haven't thought about it like this before, or, um, I haven't even heard of this term maybe. Um, things like that. And then any altered concepts. Okay, so there were a lot of those for me was, you know, okay, well, this is just a different way of looking at this that I haven't before. Uh, and then another thing would be concepts that you would like to research further. Now, what I did was I kind of made up my own little color code. I am all about the pins, okay? So if you guys see, like this is my little pen thing, and these are only some of my pins, like I have more pins scattered about here, but they're all different colors. I, it's, it's a happy place for me, okay? <laughs> so if you like me, give me pins that are many different colors. Um, <laughs> so what I did is I came up with my own little color code. So like each of these things, like new information was blue and altered concept was pink and you know, whatever. Um, so you kind of, I, or at least that's just what I did. I liked the color code and I did this in the margins. So like next to the notes, I would write new next to the new ideas and so forth. And then another thing would be to highlight the nuggets. Okay. Those little golden nuggets, those things that are just brilliant little gems that you want to remember that maybe you might type out and paste on your computer. I don't know. Um, I used kind of a goldish color because I felt like that that was fitting for the little nuggets. <laughs> so that would be another thing to look out for. I love the whole organization thing and just being able to pick that up a month from now and just being able to flip through that and finding all of the gold or finding all of the pink. Um, that's one reason why we're doing this too is to have longevity on this information, right? Exactly. So the more preparation that you do while it's fresh on your mind, the better it's going to last or the longer it's going to last. Yeah. So the next thing too would be to kind of, and this might happen a little further removed. Um, maybe you've marked those action things that we talked about earlier, things that you could do either to research or uh, exercises to do or things to actually implement in your writing or whatever the, the creative thing is you're learning about. Um, but actually write out a list. So take all of those, kind of flip through your notes, and then make a list of those things and write them out because 
we'll, we'll do something more with that in a minute. Um, and then just to update your questions. You know, go back through, see if they got answered. If not, if there's a Q&A time, then obviously, there you go, you're all prepared. If not, maybe you have the opportunity to contact that presenter or maybe you can talk with some other people who were in the seminar with you or who were taking it at the same time and see if they know the answer. It's also a perfect opportunity to make a connection too. So if you do have any leftover questions, please don't hesitate to uh, email or contact the presenter however they prefer to be contacted. I know that when Joy and I give lectures, we love emails that come back that want to flesh out something more. So there's a very good chance that the presenter of your webinar or conference or seminar is going to be open to discussion on this topic that they obviously like to talk about or they wouldn't have been there, right? <laughs> so. That's true. <laughs> All right, so that leads us to after. So things that we can do after. So now we have prepared for our, um, for our webinar conference. We have actually gone to the thing and sat down and done it. We've got all of this new information floating around. It can sometimes be overwhelming. And I think that maybe this is where I got stuck a lot of times because it was like, there's so much stuff in my brain. So Joy and I have worked out a way that you can go through after the, the webinar or conference and kind of give yourself these steps to take in order to implement it into your creative process. Sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't, but it's all trial and error. And the good thing is, is that you don't have to keep something that is not beneficial to you. You can always stop doing the thing, but you'll never know if it's gonna be beneficial to you or not if you don't try it. So if you just take all of the courses and keep all of the knowledge up here in your head, and never let it flow through your fingers, you'll never know what's going to benefit you or not. Sometimes we can kind of get, um, we feel good about having all the knowledge, having all the knowledge, right? We've, that makes us feel good, like we're doing something that goes toward our creative endeavor, when actually we're not doing something that goes toward our creative endeavor because we're not implementing the knowledge that we have. And I think that's been something really hard for me to learn over the last decade or so. So the after steps are very important. The first thing that we would like you to do is to reflect on a few things. So the first thing is going to be, we want you to reflect on what you learned and how it matches up with your takeaway goals. So you set these goals at the beginning and now it's trying to, it's just time to see if you have fulfilled the goals. So the next thing we'd like you to reflect on is to make an outline of all of the information that you've been given. And this has been really helpful in the Maggie Steve Otter seminar for me particularly. So I told you I had to go back to the beginning and start adding my notes to the workshop notes. And what I found was is that there's just a lot of stuff going on here. So I took a piece of paper and I just started writing down an outline from the beginning to the end. Then the name of the video, like what subject it covered, and then some of the, you know, the highlight points. More like a, I guess it's more like a table of contents kind of thing. It's not like Roman numerals and stuff. You don't have to be super, you know, formal about it. But I think that it's going to be very helpful for me in the future to be able to open this notebook 
and say, you know, and scroll down that first first page of table of contents. And, and um, when I want to know something about setting, I can go down and say, oh, video so and so, and then I can find video so and so in the notes. And because this one's a 140 page workbook, it would take me a minute to flip through 140 pages. So I'm not saying that everybody's going to be taking 140 pages of notes. What I am saying, though, is that if we're taking a lot of these types of uh, conferences and webinars, you know, once you get 10 years into your medium, you're going to have a lot of information and you're going to be wanting to access that um, at some point, I would imagine. And it's going to be much easier if you have a table of contents or an outline at the beginning of your notes, wherever you keep them, if it's on the computer or if it's in a notebook. So do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that idea. And that's something that I would like to do because I didn't think of doing that. And um, that was May's idea. And that's a really good one. I like that, especially for something like this. Um, so, and another thing that I think would be helpful, and I have not actually done this step yet with Maggie's seminar, and that is to think through how the new information that I've received through this has affected or motivated me. Um, I've, I, I guess I have reflected on this a little bit, but I want to pen and paper this reflection. Like, I think that that's important, too, with the takeaway goals before and then reflecting on okay how does this match up and then now with this like how is this information affected and motivated me um, I think that it's important to really pen and paper it and have that written down uh, to kind of look back because I have specific things that I'm going to use this information for coming up and I kind of think it would be fun after I, I actually implement this and, and see this in practice um, from the beginning. I think that it might be fun at the end of that project to go back and look at what I wrote here be like, yep, that's where it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I really think that um, kind of documenting your creative journey mm -hmm. is a really cool thing. Uh, and this is something that I actually learned from Joanna Penn because she adds a lot of her journal pages into her nonfiction books books. And I think that it's just so, it's not only telling to the reader, but it's also a chance for her to be able to go back through those journals and just say, wow, here's where I was two years ago, yeah. you know, and just to see your growth. I think it's so important because we can always feel so novice or amateur. Uh, whenever you feel that way, you can always pull either product that you had have created in the past and compare it to what you're creating now and see the leaps and bounds that you've done. Or you can take these notes <laughs> that you've written for your goals and, and compare those. It's going to be interesting to see if you're still using this process a year from now mm -hmm. and to, to see the notes from that moment here that whenever you decide to pen and paper those and what's going to, what the product is a year from now and to maybe even reflect on the same questions and the goals that you had then and see if you still have those questions or if you have answers for them and there are new questions. That's so true. And it's so neat that you mentioned Joanna Penn and Helen Scherer is another one. She is an Australian fantasy author and she's just started doing this in her, uh, in her newsletters where she's sharing little snippets from her 
writer's journal. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know Maggie mentioned a journal too in some of her videos. And I just think that that's so neat to see all of these authors who we really look up to and we learn from, and they're all doing this. Well, we've talked about how creating an art is so introspective and how we have to know ourselves before we can really put out a, a product that is a statement of, of us. So if we, you know, how do we know ourselves if we can't like look inside and see and kind of just dig around in there for a bit. And it is really, really cool to see our, um, our mentors and our faves going in there and actually doing the same thing because it feels like a commonality, a connection. I like it. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, so after we've reflected on all of these, the next thing is to implement, to actually take that next step. Because I think you and I both, it's like, okay, maybe we get to the reflection stage, but then that's kind of where it stops. (laughs) So we have to remember that we're going to learn new things that we are going to then need to implement or Why'd we do it all, really? Um, And so we've got the new methods. And then in particular with Maggie's, she gave us a ton of hands-on exercises that we can do in our own work. And she did do a prompt thing, and that was a lot of fun. But a lot of these exercises are specific to use when we're starting a new project, when we're in the midst of a new project, um, at whatever stage. Uh, And these are things that I'm looking forward to using, especially because I'm starting a new project in the fall uh, with my fantasy series. And so I've already, my wheels are turning. I'm ready to, to start using these exercises with that. I totally loved seeing the implementation exercises in this because that's how I learned the best is putting my hands onto the issue and making something. So I loved seeing that. That's also one reason why we have the QWERTY challenge at the end of every single episode of our podcast is because we didn't want the information to just stay in your heads. We wanted it to flow through your fingers too, right? It's just so good to be able to take that information and to do something with it and to see it work. Also, the exercises and putting the information um, into action, that's where, for me, the energy comes from, that creative energy. And so that creative energy is what propels me to, uh, to move forward. So I think if you're not really working any exercises or maybe you're, you know, even if they don't give you exercises, you can create challenges for yourself from the information that you've taken in just to kind of um, usher that information into practice. So whenever you start seeing your creativity being put out in positive ways, then that's when you get motivated. That's when you get energized and that's when you get ready to do something new. I love it. The next thing, and this is the last thing, and this is to prioritize. Um, And this comes in two main things. We talked about seeing items that we want to research further, and then also picking out little action things, things that we can implement. Okay, so whether they give you an exercise, obviously that's an action thing to implement, or whether you're picking something out yourself just from the notes. Oh, okay, you talked about changing up the setting. Okay, well, I can do that. Let me try that with this opening for this new thing that I'm working on. 
for example, you know. So whatever those things are, it's time to take the list of action steps and the list of things to research and then prioritize them. Um, this is a big deal because our lists can also get overwhelming. And just like we want to piece off different bits of our knowledge and put those into practice through exercises, we also want to prioritize to just try to make everything a little more streamlined as it is as, as we're processing everything. So here's a little tip for prioritizing that I actually am um, sneaking away from a tidying up tip, like your house. And I honestly don't even remember where I heard this from. Uh, I feel like it was a podcast. I don't know who's. And I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a tidy up podcast either. Cause I don't really listen to those. So, um, sorry, I don't have very good, uh, citations for this. So, but here we go anyway. So I heard at one point in time that if you will take the, the things that you need to do that take a short amount of time, like two to three minutes and you just do them. So if you have dishes that are dry in your drying rack, it will take two to three minutes to just put them in the cabinet. And you just do those immediately when you think about them. You don't look at the dishes and you say, oh, those need to be put up. I'll do those after I so-and-so or X and Y. We don't do that. Like if you just go ahead and put those dishes up, it's done. It took two to three minutes. And so-and-so and X and Y is still going to get the attention that it needs to get. So... That's the thing here, too. If it's going to take you a amount of time to implement some of these things on your list, they don't even really need to be prioritized. So you're like, oh, I, I know that I need to change the subtitle on my website. And you already know like what you need to do. That's going to take opening up a browser, going to a website, signing in, and then changing it. It takes two to three minutes. Just go ahead and do it. You can use your timeline however you like. You know, if there's something that's going to take, if 30 minutes is not a big deal to you, then just go ahead and do those 30-minute things. Um, but you know when you're looking at that list if something is going to take you days or if it's going to take you minutes. And if it's going to take you minutes, just go ahead and get those out of the way because you can go ahead and mark those off and it gives you momentum. You see all of those lines through the things that you wanted to do. And also it clears the pathway for the rest of the things. You're not going to get bogged down by seeing all of the different things on the list. If you can take 10 things off of that 30 item list and just prioritize 20, then you're going to feel a lot better about looking at the list in general. That's a great point. I'm all about I'm all about lessening the overwhelm because overwhelm is one of my big things. So if you can handle a 30 point list, you are a better person than I. And <laughs> also I wish I were you. But I can't and I'm not. So uh, this is how I have to live my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, another thing too, especially with action things, with writing, um, it could be something that maybe you can't implement right now. Maybe it's something that you kind of need a new project to start with. And these are some things that I've kind of been bouncing off you just 
from this uh, from this webinar certain exercises I want to wait until I begin my new fantasy series to actually try out um, and then another thing is we were talking I realized oh I can go ahead and try it out with some short stories this summer and that can be kind of my dipping my toes into it before I start on this brand new project that's going to be such a big deal so um, you know it could be that maybe you take all of these things and you make a chart and maybe it's something like now later um, do this on every new project or um, do this this summer with the short story plans or you know whatever your thing is like tailor it to you and just whatever it is the main thing is to not lose that list and then to put some sort of order to it um, so that you don't lose it along the way so that you know when you're going to implement it when you're going to do these things and yeah I mean that's really the main thing yeah absolutely and here's something else too that goes along with that you know if you are having to wait before you start something the information that you're learning Yes, it might be for a bigger project, but don't you think that um, in the meantime, between now and the time that you begin a bigger project, if there are some exercise steps that you could take to hone certain skills that you know that you're going to need in that bigger project, um, I encourage you to consider maybe actively on purpose creating ways for you to hone those those steps that you know that you're going to need. By the time that you get to that bigger project, you are going to be as strong as you can possibly be in order to attack that project with a vengeance. Great point. Love that. And so now it is time for our second QWERTY challenge in this impromptu two-part <laughs> podcast series on how to get the most out of your creative learning experiences. So you last week were challenged to pick a creative learning experience for implementation for this week's QWERTY challenge. So if you haven't done so, we're going to pause and uh, you go ahead and find that creative learning experience. We probably the easiest thing to do would be to use the internet, but if you find a conference or a library um, or something around you, then, you know, that's awesome. Do that as well. So once you have that learning experience, we're going to ask you to take these tips and tricks that we've presented to you today for the during and the after and, uh, and do it. So just make those things happen. Take your notes, update your questions, make action steps. Don't forget to take frequent breaks and your exercising and all of that stuff. Um, but find those nuggets, put them in prominent places that you need to see them, um, Figure out where you have changed and you've altered new concepts or if there's new information that you need to research, find out all of that stuff and get ready to do a little bit more diving. Remember that it's probably going to take about the same amount of time that the actual learning experience is for you to process the notes that you have. And that's not the action steps. That's just processing the notes and figuring out what you need to do from here. So make sure that you have enough time set aside 
and just get ready to start transforming your life by moving your knowledge from your head to your creative product, no matter the medium that you have. And that's what we challenge you with today. And if you guys would like a PDF with these steps and everything that we've laid out in the last two episodes, just drop us a line, email us at editorial at logosandmythospress.com, and we will send that your way. And let us know how you do. Let us know if this is affecting you in the way that it's been affecting us, or if you have something else to add to the conversation, email us as well. Absolutely. We can't wait to hear from you. (laughs) Have a wonderful creative week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think Cordy Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting cordywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.